Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a, for this game, 5th edition, actual play, standalone, Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these episodes in any order and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today is a companion episode, a very special episode, like a curtain rising on a stage play, the same location, and non-player characters, that we call NPCs, have been set in place before our players arrived. How you interact with those NPCs is entirely up to you. Their fate and the outcome today are in your hands, players! We are joined today by Pearl in the Sea. Hello, all. My name is Pearl in the Sea, but you can just call me Pearl. I am an amethyst dragonborn, a level one bard, and I dress rather plainly. I quite like my more draconic looking form. I am humanoid, but I have purple scales running all across the back of my body, and my draconic muzzle is, I think, rather fetching. And so I simply wear a sleeveless cardigan with a band across my chest and simple trousers. Wonderful. Alexander Rivers. Hi, um, I'm Alex. I'm nothing fancy like that. I'm, I'm just a simple human boy. Um, I've got white hair, uh, though it, it didn't used to always be that way. It's sort of a new occurrence. Um, I'm a, I've been told I'm a sorcerer. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what that means yet, but uh, uh, I can cast magic, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't wear anything fancy. I've got a uh, a, a blue gambeson on, um, green cloak, and uh, you know some simple pants. But uh, I'm hope I'm here to hope I'm hoping to do my best. So welcome, Alex and Creek the Fleet. Hello, everyone. Yes, it's it is I, Creek the Fleet, um, your friendly neighborhood retired criminal and uh, mimic. Uh, voice mimicker extraordinaire. I'm a level one rogue, allegedly, and um, <laughs> I uh, recently joined the Fire Breathing Kins. Uh, you can normally, um, well, you don't actually get to know what I'm wearing, because uh, I normally wear a big oversized cloak that covers my uh, physical body pretty much completely, except for my beak is sticking out a little bit. You see, I'm uh, essentially the size of a halfling, but I'm a little bipedal raven, otherwise known as a Kenku. Excellent. We'll start today with a bit of meta commentary to the players in the DM. Creek, where is slash are your character's tattoo of a fire-breathing kitten on a shield that marks you as a member of the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild? Well, um, being a bit of a roguish type, after all, it's actually hidden under my feathers slightly. There's a, I, I've, getting a bit old, you see, the, the feathers are starting to fall out a bit, mildly distressing, but there's, there's a bit of a bald spot that's the perfect place to get it, and I can still cover it with my cloak. <laughs> Would you say that that's obvious and visible to others? Um, it can be if I'm accidentally not paying attention and I slightly let other people take a peek. Okay. Alex and Pearl. You chose to set this game before you joined Fire Breathing Kittens. My question for you is, why do your characters want to join the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild? Well, um, for me, it's, it was quite a simple choice. Uh, I've always wanted to be a hero. 
And I've heard so many fantastic stories about the adventures of the fire-breathing kittens. And it's just, oh, man, I, I'm, I know my destiny is to, is to go out there and do great things. And the best way I can do that is, or at least the first way I can do that is, is by joining up with the, with the guild and improving my worth. Oh, Alex, that's so adorable. I admire you completely. And I'm being completely sincere when I say, I hope that that remains with you. I'm actually just here to meet more people like you in Creek. It's, uh, I've been out of touch for the past 80 years or so, and I'd like to get to know the world again and tell and share stories. So that's why I would like to join the guild. Excellent. Let's start the game. You start separated. Creek, you're outdoors. Your eyes are narrowed against the bright light of blue sky. The sound of tall grasses rustling in a gentle breeze reaches your ears. Whoosh. Tall yellow grasses and puddles of water extend far into the distance before reaching swamp trees. Creek, underneath your feet, squishy squishy wet ground squishes and squelches with every step. The mud pulls at your ankles. Well, this isn't the worst thing I've had to crawl through in my life. So, um, what does it look like? Uh, what, anything catch my eye in the surrounding area? I, I am a little sensitive to sunlight, being what I am, but, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, you look around. Roll initiative. Oh, dear God. <laughs> well, that was fast. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, Creek. <laughs> it's going to be a 14. Rolling for no particular reason. There are puddles of water and a lot of insects here that catch your eye. You see dragonflies. You hear in the distance some kind of bug humming. Grasses rustling. Birdsong. This place is rich in wildlife. This is the MFM bog. Go ahead and do a history check. Indeed. Though I'm not the smartest. Uh, that's a straight 10. You pass. You remember... Ah, yes, you were on your way to Dangan Town because you heard a famous adventurer was there. Hmm. Do I happen to know which direction that might be? You're facing it and you're walking the right way. All right, I suppose. Um, not knowing that I happen to have rolled initiative, I'm going to keep walking towards the town and <laughs> stepping through all the puddles, getting my cloak all... Uh, the cloak is oversized, so it's definitely dragging behind him a bit, just getting filthy at this point. But um, I am a roguish type. I'm probably slightly paranoid at all times, just occasionally looking over my shoulder. But it's such a beautiful day. The dragonflies, such a lovely swamp. I'm sure nothing bad could happen to me here. <laughs> okay, perception check again. Uh, that will be a 15 this time. Another pass. Off in the distance, looking over the tall grasses that are swaying in the wind, there's a ribbon of water between you and it, and it's quite some distance away. But you see a pillar of smoke rising in the air. Hmm. By looking at it, is that a, like, chimney smoke, or are we, are we talking a bit more like, um, a raging fire? A chimney smoke. Okay, good, good, good. Not that I, you know be a hero type or anything to run into a fire to save anyone god forbid 
Um, but uh, I'll uh, keep making my way. Uh, still, still look. I have this strange feeling that I should be more perceptive of my surroundings, but I can't tell what's going on. I guess I'll just keep going towards the town. Okay, we've you've you've put your foot on it, so we are going to officially start. You feel itching. Go to combat page. All right, gonna roll the hit. Uh oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take three damage. And any living creature that begins its turn with a fire ant swarm in its space must succeed on a constitution saving throw or have disadvantage on attacks taken and received as you are pained by the bites, itching at the ants, and slapping at them. Ah. Please, constitution saving throw to start your turn. Oh, God. You have stepped on a fire ant mound. These ants, they're worse than the fleas. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, That's a 10. You have disadvantage on attacks taken and received. Unfortunate. Received as oh well? Oh my god. Yep. So they roll with advantage, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, wow, that's uh, tough. Um, would that make it my turn then? Yes, and you have taken three damage. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Well, um... Oh, uh, for the listeners, how much HP do you have left? I only have six HP left. I'm a bit squishy. Um, probably... Getting on in my ears. Maybe this job isn't cut out for me. I guess we'll see. Um, well, uh, that's a lot of ants, and uh, I don't know if I weigh enough to squash them all with my, you know, bird feet. They don't exactly cover much surface area. So, um, next best idea. I'm going to start poking at the ants individually with a rapier. <laughs> okay, and in, it, this is funny, because in 3-5, ant swarms were completely immune to piercing damage. Unfortunate. Uh, luckily, this is 5th edition. <laughs> Luckily, this is 5th edition, where the points don't matter. So, it looks like the lowest roll uh, there was a 19 to hit. Uh, You have disadvantage, and they have damage resistance. Let's see how this works. I I rolled with disadvantage, getting the 19. Um, Okay, and how much damage did you do? uh, That was uh, 10 um, piercing damage, which I'm guessing is cut to 5. Somewhere like 5, yeah. (laughs) All right. The rapier is not very effective against the ant swarm. Ah. And you feel like there's quite a lot of these. They are limited to this 20-foot area, though, of oh, the mound. fantastic. The I'd like to use ant. the... Uh, am I in difficult terrain? As no. in... Okay. It, yeah. uh, Kanku's... Uh, sorry, Creek is just going to scramble, trying to get away from the uh, the ant mound, um, all 30 feet, just flailing, rolling around <laughs> in the mud, getting absolutely covered in it, just like he's on fire. Um <laughs> Hopefully making it out of range after spending all 30 of his uh, movement. You are free of the fire ants, despite being pretty vicious. Oh, uh, as you left their area of effect, they dealt three more damage to you with an opportunity attack. Uh, Oh my god. (laughs) You are free of the fire ants, despite being pretty vicious. They're tiny and don't move all that quickly. A fast walk takes you out of range of their nest. Off in the distance, there is a ribbon of water between you and it, and quite some distance away, but you see that pillar of smoke rising in the air. You remember that the swamp town of Dangan, you've heard a rumor that a strong adventurer is there. Oh boy. Um, you said there's water over there, right? There's a, ribber, a ribbon of water between you and the town, yes. Well, this I'm is swampy. Swell enough for a... Oh god, it's swamp water, though. You know, maybe I'll cope with how I'm looking right now. I'm just going to keep hobbling my way now, <laughs> laden with mud and caked with who knows what else towards the town. Still not the worst thing. <laughs> you just We're lose gonna... a couple feathers along the way. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely just like feathers everywhere. 
Pearl, we're on to you. You're all starting this adventure separate. It's lonely. Pearl, you're in a new town. Where are you? It's hard to tell because you don't remember much before your decades floating in the astral sea. It's entirely possible you've been here before, you think to yourself as you stand in an indoor market. People walk calmly around you, shopping. The stall on the right is selling pretty dresses and fancy suits. The stall on the left is selling weapons and magical artifacts. Hmm. Well, I think I'd probably go and take a look at the magical artifacts first. After giving a good look at the people around me and seeing what they're wearing and what items they might have on them. The people around you are dressed in common clothes. The left stall, a dwarf with bushy hair and beard and burnt-off eyebrows, is sitting working on something at the back of a stall filled with swords, axes, armor, horseshoes, everything. Front and center is a black cast-iron teapot whose gold filigree sparkles enchantingly. The dwarf sees you and, eyes lighting up, says, Ah, welcome. I have just the thing. One second. Turns his back and rustles through something behind him. While he has his back turned, I would like to just pick up the teacup and turn it around in my hands. Just inspect the craftsmanship and admire its beauty. Okay, do a either perception or investigation check. Not bad. Uh, I'll do investigation for a total of 18. Ooh. Based upon your knowledge of the different styles of teapots and teacups, you'd say that this tea set is, and this is when, if I knew any tea terms, I would insert them here. It's uh, about 40 years old, and it's made with the the dwarven style. Uh, you know that the handle that is, uh, this handle attachment is of a superior quality, and it is less likely to break than other teapots. Yeah. Here we go. Perfect for a kiddo. The dwarf man places a hand-sized metal rocking horse on the workbench in front of him. The metal horse rocks forward and back from being set down, rhythmic sound of metal against wood. Kids just love these rocking horse toys. I, I, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not, I'm not sure if you... I'm not a mother. I, kn I know I might give off that kind of aura, but I, I have no child, and I certainly am not a child. His eyes widen, and he limps out from behind the workbench. With a deep bow, he says in a quiet, reasonably deep voice, Oh, you're not a child. Please accept my apology. I'm so sorry. It, it's, it, it happens rather often. It's all right. I, I just, I spent a lot of time somewhere else, and time seems to stop in that place. I'm discovering. But uh, I would love to... Mm, purchase, perhaps? I'm a little short on gold, but how much would this tea set be? I, I, please, as my apologies, take it for five gold. And you know that it's definitely worth like 50 gold. He just feels really bad. <laughs> Pretty good deal. Well, I do have five gold in my loose bag. <laughs> so, uh, I will go and take out five gold and just say, oh, thank you. I, I think this is going to be rather good recompense for your embarrassment and uh, a rather fine story as well. And she will take the teapot and tea set and put it in her bag and then take out a lyre and then uh, strum a few notes on it doom, 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 and start to walk 
back down the marketplace and just start coming up with a song about this story. Lovely. You have acquired this beautiful gold filigree tea set. It's black cast iron, so it's perfect for an adventure. It won't break when you walk around. <laughs> Excellent. Alex. Yes. Alex, you have found your way into a small swamp town that a giant sign outside had labeled Dangan. Mist fills the air. Brown shingles roof a few single-story square buildings with large front porches. The townsfolk have laid wooden boards over muddy ground to walk on. Well, um, this place kind of reminds me a little bit of Shelton. Um, you know, minus the, the swampy atmosphere. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to look around for uh, anybody who could... Possibly point me in the direction of the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild. You see an eight-foot-tall, flat-nosed, 400-pound giant leaning against a building. With a gruff voice, he notices you as well and calls out, Well, looky here, if it ain't an adventurer tourist. All by your lonesome, aren't you? No friends to help you out. Uh, hell, yeah, hell, hello, sir. Um... Uh, my name's Alex. Um, what's yours? Sheriff Niels Newth. And you might be respecting that name. Adventurers always walking around without a permit for their weapons are a problem here in Dangan. They got no respect for my office. Twould be a might shame to have to find yet another adventurer tourist 50 gold for violating our local statutes. That wouldn't be new now, would it? Oh, no, no, sir, not at all. Uh, I, I'm not even an adventurer, really. I, more like just a tourist. Uh, um, I'm, I'm looking to become one. Uh, could you happen to point me in the right direction? Uh, I'm looking for the fire-breathing kittens. <laughs> the eight-foot-tall, flat-nosed, 400-pound giant looks to the left and to the right of you. He looks you up and down, not speaking, calculating. Do you have any weapons showing? Uh, Alex does have uh, on his belt uh, a simple dagger, uh, more like a wood carving knife, but he uses it as, as a dagger. Oh, and I yeah. do have a crossbow yeah. slinged across my back. You realize that with no friends and no body cam, whatever happens here would be a your word versus the sheriff's word, no witnesses sort of situation. And you have a weapon showing, my friend, and no permit for it, right? I didn't know I needed a permit, sir. <laughs> Please roll a charisma saving throw. Ooh, okay. Uh, charisma saving throw. That would be... I uh, rolled a 19 plus 5. 24. Holy cow! Oh my gosh. Okay, um... Okay, so say something respectful because you pass. He's not going to arrest you and fine you in particular. But my goodness, if without, without that level of adorable charisma, <laughs> he would have. So go ahead and say what you say. You pass. Like, like I said, sir, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm, I'm really, really relatively new to this whole thing. I, I didn't know anything about permits. I, if you could point me in the direction of where to find one, I'd be more than happy to get one. I, I don't mean to cause any trouble. <laughs> he respects your response and may start to think favorably of you. The adorableness just rubs off on him as well. Gain a plus seven modifier to all of your charisma-based skills, such as persuasion and deception with Sheriff Niels Newth for the rest of your, your adventure. And you, I guess, go with him to fill out the paperwork. And um, then once you have the permit, the permit itself only costs like 
three gold or something. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> whatever amount of gold you have left, actually, he's a sweet talker. <laughs> so, so reduce yourself down to like zero gold, and uh, and then you possess your permit. And he's like, well, I guess I could I could help you fill out that permit. You know, I for you seem like a decent boy, so. <laughs> Right. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I appreciate it. Everyone, it smells swampy. Mist fills the air. Brown shingles roof a few single-story square buildings with large front porches. The townsfolk have laid wooden boards over muddy ground to walk on. For you, the players, please all write down the following Dangan locations. So these are your town locations. Ready? The Fox Club... The Sheriff's Building slash Dangan Jail, which one of you has already been to, <laughs> to fill out some paperwork. The Market, which to describe that, it's a large, covered, single-story building with many market stalls inside. Dangan Bank, which is the local branch of the Bank of Guasso. The Mayor's Mansion. And the Swamp Beyond. I like my adventures to emphasize player agency, so you have the free will to go to any of those places at any point in this game. Do all the players have those locations written down? I can repeat any if you'd like. Nope, got them down. Got them. Excellent. Let's return to Creek. You have arrived at Dangan Town. Because you are walking on a narrow, raised wooden walkway above Swamp, there's a bit of a bottleneck getting into town and a crowd is blocking your way. They seem to all be gathered around something excitedly chatting. Oh, come on. All this and then there's still traffic. All right. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna see if Creek can't, uh, weasel his way underneath everyone's legs. He is, uh, he is of size small, so, in theory, might be doable. Excellent. You get a plus five to your upcoming perception check to see what's inside the crowd. Uh -huh. Alex and Pearl, you each have also made your way onto the plank walkway this town uses for roads, you know, so they don't have to step in swamp. There's a large crowd chatting excitedly. Well, I, I would, I want to, I rush up immediately. I want to see what's going on. Uh, Pearl will take note of this rushing child, boy, teenager. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a teenager. He, he looks to be about 18 or 19. Legally an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Perfect. <laughs> We're all legal adults here. <laughs> um, but you'll take notice of him and just, hmm, he seems rather excited. And she will go and uh, approach Alex and just say, uh, hello, are you able to see anything there? This looks like quite the rowdy crowd. Everyone, please make a perception check. So, uh... You're not going to believe this, but not only did I hit a nat 20, uh, bonuses, including the plus five, uh, make that a 30 on the <laughs> roll At there. level one? I have a plus five to perception. DM gave me a plus five. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, That's okay. Well, That's okay. Uh, Pearl also rolled a natural 20 with a modifier of zero. So hey. 20. Oh my goodness. And Alex is starting his adventure off strong with a one. Had to balance oh. the lux out somewhere. <laughs> the duality of man. <laughs> Alex, you're at the very back of the crowd. 
You spend this turn gently moving through the people to get closer. The crowd is a bit feisty, excited, and cheering like teenage girls at a pop music concert. You hear one person say, A famous adventurer? You carefully pick your way forward to catch a glimpse of the famous adventurer. Ah, that's better. Please make another perception check. And for the other two, well, let's see yours now. Maybe you can join them. <laughs> uh, that would be an 18 plus... Uh, uh, 18 minus 1, so 17. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, good. Now you're all together. Now, I will say at 30, Creek, we'll see. I'll, I'll, anyway, special for you. And for natural 20, yeah, it's a little special. Anyway, you, you guys, you all hear one person say to another, you said that a famous adventurer had come to town? The other person says, it's the reveler. You all see a six foot five, 200 pound half elf, roughly 40 years old, but he's taking great care of himself. He's muscular and stands confidently. He has black hair with a bit of salt and pepper charmingly speckled at his temples. Tanned skin, blue eyes. His voice is captivating. Please make a wisdom saving throw and my dear natural 20 perception friends, do it with disadvantage. Oh no. Oh, that's oh, that's clever. Oh wow, Love that guy that. over there. <laughs> Just a wisdom saving throw that was? Wisdom saving throw for everybody. Yep. You're uh, joking. 13 so, for Alex. And that is a 10 for Pearl. Nat 20 on the first roll, but that bumps down to a 3, <laughs> so with a plus 3 on the wisdom save, that's a 6. Nearly, nearly had some self-control. <laughs> oh, all of you fail. You draw closer, captivated, enchanted by this man's charisma, and that's especially bad for Creek because you don't, in this moment, you can't recognize him because you're so overwhelmed by... You're, I mean, wow, he's so charismatic. The Reveler? You heard he throws the best parties, everybody. You think that to yourself. You heard he throws the best parties. There might be people to the left and right all around you, but who cares? You want to get closer to hear what he's saying. You elbow your way forward. Everyone, please make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. Oh, got a say one. Six for Alex. An eight. It just keeps <laughs> getting worse. <laughs> You draw closer, captivated, enchanted by this man's charisma. Lovely, shouts a person from the crowd. Cool, shouts another. Why is your heart beating this fast? There might be people to the left and right all around you, but who cares? You want to get closer to hear what he's saying. You elbow them a bit. You know what? You elbow them a little bit harder. They need to get out of your way. You shove someone. Creak? You have shoved someone. Alex and Pearl, you have elbowed someone. Creek, you've been elbowed. And Alex, you got shoved. And Pearl, you got elbowed. <laughs> Alex and Pearl, with a lurch, your view of the handsome man lurches into a view of a big blue sky and then pain. As you both are on the ground, a scraped knee and palm, please take one damage each. Ow. Your head is now clear, although you still feel a bit dizzy. Creek, you're also shoved to the ground, but did not take damage. What just happened? I hate bards. <laughs> well, uh, let me get out of the way of the crowd before I get stomped to death. And Creek's uh, gonna crawl on all fours, like as if trying to get out of like a rip current. Just, just swim to the side. Um, try and get away from the, the crowd of people. Uh, at this point, 
uh, I imagine Pearl is still like very captivated by this charisma and magic. And so she will just push herself up, uh, you know, onto her knees and just look up at the reveler and say, the reveler, I'm, I, I've heard so much about you. Look, I'm a bard too. And she'll pull up her lyre and say, look, I can, oh, and one of the strings has snapped. I, I, I can fix this, but perhaps we might play together. And as your string snaps and your head feels a bit dizzy, clarity slowly settles on all three of you. You know that you've been charmed. Uh, oh, wow. Unsurprised. Incredible. Uh, How did mean, you do the, that? In the meantime, <laughs> Alex has, has flipped over onto his, onto his uh, stomach and I'm going to try to crawl through the legs of the, <laughs> the gatherers, try to get closer to him. Yeah, you, you're near. Well, um... Excuse me, sir. I believe casting magic on large groups of people is uh, against the law, especially if they're not consenting. He recognizes you, and he says, Creek, has the law ever really mattered to you? No, but probably should matter to you. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I presumably I know, like, did, does Creek know more about this reveler fellow? Your, your head's so dizzy. You feel so confused. Your companions are talking to him as you rub your head and you're like, what is happening? Uh, you really can't place his face because of the spell that got cast on you. I've heard so many stories uh, about adventurers. Would I have heard anything about the Reveler? Uh, was that to the DM? Yes. He throws the best parties. But you guys are getting a little bit upset now. You were magically influenced against your will by this person to like them and this whole crowd loves them it's making you a bit mad uh so pearl uh stands up and kind of dusts herself off and puts away her lyre and says uh to the reveler hmm if one needs spells such as those to amass a crowd you can't be much of an adventurer are you and she will use the cantrip vicious mockery using that and so uh if the target can hear you it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn you know she's a little baby bard but you know she's a little upset (laughs) she's throwing down the burns got a seven uh shall save was dc 13 so that's a fail might i uh ask if we would have heard their voice at this time at any point, the revelers' like actual voice. Yeah, they've been talking to you. Uh, they they told you that the creek, right, the right, law doesn't of course. Matter. Yeah. 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 Um, in that case, uh, I believe Creek is going to try and kind of dart around behind this man and clamber up his shoulders, just kind of like standing on his head, covering all of his beautiful clothes, I'm sure, with mud and other things from, uh, you know, his, his maybe even a couple fire ants if they're still lying around. But uh, more <laughs> importantly, um, Creek is going to use his expert ability of mimicry to try and mimic the reveler's voice, potentially affecting the people who are charmed by his voice and might be willing to listen to his commands and just tell them all to, all right, everyone, party's over. Go back home. This guy's just a clown. Be gone. But it doesn't sound like that. I, I don't know what the reveler sounds like, but it certainly, but well, I need to make a, um, 
No, sorry. Everyone else would have to make an insight check of a DC 11 to see if they're actually convinced by the mimicry there. But All right. I'm going to roll for the crowd as a whole, and they got a 17. That's not looking good for you guys. Shucks. So as, as he reels back, as this reveler reels back and takes how much damage from Vicious Mockery? Two psychic damage. Two psychic damage from Vicious Mockery. As a muddy person climbs all up them and gets their beautiful clothes muddy and fails to convince the crowd that they, you know, and, and tries to impersonate them in front of the crowd, right? And as uh, the crowd um, well, how rude of you, an incensed crowd member shouts. Five of them come at you to try to push you to the ground. Please make three strength saving throws for Pearl and two strength saving throws for Creek as you're shoved and land hard on the wooden planks. The reveler is an amazing adventurer, one shouts. Apologize to him, shouts another. The handsome six foot five inch tall half elf says, Now, now, just leave it at that. It's not like they meant any harm. The crowd swoons. He's so kind, one of them cheers. Um, and let me know what your saving throws are after I finish the sentence. But the six foot five inch half elf gets out a big blarpy marker and signs Reveler with a flourish on a piece of parchment. Here is my autograph, he hands to both Pearl and Creek. Feel free to show it off to your friends. And what were your saving throws? Uh, I rolled a two on both die, which means I got a one on both. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a 16, 16, and 5. Okay. Pearl is shoved to the ground but only takes one damage. Creek is pulled off of his shoulders and, and shoved to the ground and takes two damage. Wow. Uh, Creek is <laughs> looking very dizzy and definitely not at 1 HP. Boy, I hope nothing else happens this <laughs> Do you accept the autographs? Uh, yeah, yeah, Creek will take it. I could probably sell this for something at least. God, my head. Pearl? Uh, Pearl doesn't know what it is. And so, like, Pearl will take it and just kind of look at it and be like, what am I supposed to do with this? What is this? Wait, this isn't right at all. You're not supposed to treat people like that, sir. Uh, and I'm going to cast uh, Dissonant Whispers at him. Oh, the one uh, that's like 3d8? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the 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 the, the, the light kind of dims around Alex just a little bit. Uh, there's a hum in the air. Uh, and I let out a uh, like a barely audible whisper and I, I just it, uh, fired in his direction. Uh, I need to make, uh, so to, to give the information of what it says here. It says, uh, for dissonant whispers, you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw, and on a failed save, they take 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far away as its speed allows it uh, to move away from you. Uh, the creature does not obviously move into dangerous ground, such as fire or pit, and on a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and does not have to move. Okay, got a 10 on the dice. How much damage do they take? And as they flee, they say, so how much damage do they take? Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't expect that to work. <laughs> uh, is charm concentration by chance? That is 14 points of damage, psychic oh. damage. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> uh, he staggers to the ground. <laughs> 
and starts moving away from Alex. <laughs> moving further away, you hear this six foot five handsome half elf announce as he flees. Uh, I'm, I'm having a party at the mayor's mansion tonight. Everyone, please attend. Multiple fans say, of course. They move away, the voices decreasing in volume in the distance, chattering excitedly about the party tonight at the mayor's mansion <laughs> as Alex has ended the scene, and you all are left sitting on the planks in this swamp. A bit damp. It smells like bog. Freak is probably just sitting on, <laughs> on like one of the planks, just licking his feathers, which are like slightly soaked in blood from all the beatings he's been taking. Are, are, you, are you guys all right? I, uh, I saw what happened with the crowd. I've, I've been mm. in worse. Don't, don't worry about it, kiddo. A little worse for wear, but not too bad. Uh, but Pearl will look at you, Creek, and say, Oh, you look rather uh, messed up, though. Let, let me help you. And uh, they will lay a hand on your shoulder and cast Healing Word. Oh, jeez. Uh, how much are we healing for there? Uh, but um, uh, it's, oh, it's min heals, but that's still going to be... Four HP to you. Oh, that's better than nothing. That brings me to over half. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. I've had a pretty tough day, believe it or not. Thank you, lass. Um, oh, geez. You can call me Pearl. Pearl, yes. Um, you could call me Creek. Pleasure to meet you. He hands out a very muddy, like, feathered arm. Uh, hmm. I'm not sure I've met with this, uh, greeting yet uh, what's the correct response for that you take your hand and you grab okay. mine and we give it a nice firm shake and try not to make it awkward oh okay <laughs> so she grabs your hand and then they just like bam they like <laughs> bring their, their arm all the way up and then all the way down creek just leaves a trail of like loose feathers in the air as he just gets like thrown up and then smacked back into the floor Wow, you got quite an arm to you, don't you? Oh, geez. Um, I think I lost more HP from that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, your son over there, are you new here as well? I am. Um, I'm fairly new to this part of the, the region. I'm from Shelton. I'm trying to find the fire-breathing kittens. Wow, the fire-breathing kittens, you say. <laughs> Where have you heard that name? Oh, from all the minstrels and bards and travelers who who come through Shelton and and talk about it, I I sit at yesterday's bar and I I just I left I listen to the stories and I I, I kind of want to become one. I, I want to be an adventurer like them. Oh dear, we're getting a little too popular for my tastes. Um. <laughs> well, Pearl, what about you? What brings you to this place? Uh. Well. Funny enough, Alex, I was also looking for the Fire Breathing Kitchens Guild. There's, uh, like you said, many stories about them, and I was just rather curious. Well, congratulations. I happen <laughs> to be a member of said guild. So is that reveler folk over there. I, I think, anyway, I can't seem to place it. I'm not sure if he just fried my brain a little with that charm spell, but... Um, I'm fairly certain you, you seem to know me, and anyone who knows me is either dead or part of the guild, so. Hey, that oh. that guy was a, a guild member? He seemed awfully mean. No, uh, the stronger ones can do that sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. Now, 
Do you mean that you kill the people you meet or they join the guild? What you said, was that a threat? Do I need to join this guild now for certain? Um, all comments in regards to that are alleged, but, um, you know, I don't particularly kill anybody for the most part unless I really need to. It's just, you know, I, I seem to have a strange luck around me. People either join the guild or they disappear. It's weird. And do a history check now that your head is clearing. Aha. Uh, there it is. That's a three on the die and I don't have a bonus. Mm, you feel like someone in your backstory, in your character backstory, could have been a, a 6'5", half-elf, 200 pounds, 41 years old, gray slash black hair, tan skin, blue eyes, charismatic con man, criminal, captivating voice, confident, one could say cocky, a good oh, con man. Gosh darn it. I have a slight feeling I think I know who that guy might have been. Well, anyway, continue. Um... <laughs> You know, maybe we shouldn't go to his mansion. I mean, we, we can go to his mansion if you guys want, but um, I don't know. I suddenly have a bad feeling that that should be one of the people that disappears. Oh, well, after all that ruckus and quite the rude way he frankly addressed everybody and cast spells on them, uh, why don't we make him disappear? <laughs> well, um, you know, I think you are kidding material, but uh, that said, um, maybe... I don't know. Are you guys looking for adventure this very moment? Absolutely. Of course. Are you potentially of dubious moral value? What? I'm I'm still <laughs> learning what morality is. You know what? Both answers stellar. <laughs> I think I think you'll be great for the job. Uh you could consider this your um well, no, I don't think I have the authority to quite do that, but I'll tell you what, I'll put in a good warrant for sure if you guys want to apply, and I'll take you straight to the guild house. You guys are quite a bit away, though, just saying. You would do that for me? I, I, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well. Clearly, I need a healer somewhere around here. <laughs> well, I don't know how much help I could be, but whatever you need, I'm, I'm there for you, uh, whatever it takes. Uh, yes, actually, I was just in the market earlier. Perhaps they might have something to help heal your wounds. That's a good idea, but <laughs> I happen to be slightly broke as well. Uh, I went on a bit of a bender the other day. I think that's how I ended up here, actually. I woke up in the swamp, but um, either way, uh, I you know, maybe we could pull some money together. We'll see. I guess um, Fox Club... What buildings are, which of the, the subset of buildings are particularly around us right now, like at this little bridge? Mm, yeah, you sight? can go to any of the locations, absolutely. All of them are kind of within sight? Yeah, except the mayor's mansion. Um, and just to tell you guys, the party is not until tonight, so if you try to gotcha. go there now, it, it won't work out. Um, there's nobody there yet. Uh-huh. Well, oh. I mean, you can go there. It's, not, it's like in setup stages with like, you know. We could sabotage it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you could go there early, <laughs> but he won't be there until tonight. Well, um, well, I do have a little bit of cash on me. We could just go to the market and see if we can strike a deal, I think is the term. Yeah, I think you used that correct. Uh, Creek is going to kind of like start sifting through the pockets of his cloak and like loosely eight gold and five silver just kind of fall into the mud as he looks around and he's like, all right, I think that's uh, 
He's like counting on his feathers. And I have an amount of money. Um, and he just sticks it back <laughs> in one pocket. Um, yeah, you know what? Sure. Can't say no to good health question right now. I don't exactly feel great and it's been a rough morning. Um, but uh, as my memory comes back to me, I'd like to... Yes, I I don't think that Reveler fellow was uh, a fire-breathing kid. And I think I now, as my memory returns, have a very good idea of who that man is. Is he a bad man? Very. Well, I, when I first arrived here... I met the sheriff. Uh, I think, I think he likes me. We, maybe we should go tell the sheriff that this man is charming people and taking their money and, and making them do things they don't want to do. Um, we could certainly give it a shot, though in my line of work, the law hasn't always been the most help regarding uh, him and some of his contemporaries, but we can certainly give it a shot. Well, you're, you're the... You're the adventurer. I'm, I'm really just a adventurer is a big stretch. Just so you know, I'm a bit odd <laughs> in my ears. I sort of had other occupations in the time. We're trying out this whole adventure thing. I'm, I'm still pretty new as far as the kittens go. Um, but you know, who, who knows? Assuming my hip doesn't blow out anytime soon, I might make it rich. We'll see. Um, but uh. Yeah, Sheriff, Market, both sound like great ideas. Probably not too far. This place looks small as, well, small town. Um, we should definitely go to the market first. You look like you're about to pass out. That's most days. All right. Market it and is. And there's a bar where you can take a short rest there, too. Oh, a bar. Yeah. I feel like me the a good Fox bar. Club. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so to the DM market distracts first. everybody. Yes, okay. <laughs> so... There are election signs outside of this market that say, Vote for Sheriff Niels Nuth. You step inside the indoor market. People walk calmly around you, shopping. The stall on the right is selling pretty dresses and fancy suits. The stall on the left is selling weapons and magical artifacts. Hmm. We don't need to go to the one on the left. All they have are uh, tea sets and rocking horses. Interesting. I... I think some of that merchandise might be highly valued, but, uh, uh, <laughs> um, maybe Creek looks at the expensive things, looks at the new folks who probably shouldn't be arrested on their first attempt to be adventurers. I think I'll keep my hands to myself for the time being, maybe another time. I just have, uh, some things to pay off, you know, and, and uh, Alex, uh, you said there were dresses? Yes, a five-foot-four, 15-year-or-so-old human female, hardly over 100 pounds, with dirty blonde hair, pale skin, and green eyes, wearing a cotton sundress, is standing behind a counter. She's, like, busking, which is shouting out her wares to the people around her. Cotton sundresses, one gold. Elegant ball gowns, 15 gold. Top hats, for two gold each. Before she sees you. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, uh... You said you have sundresses? Well, you see her. Do a history check. Okay. Uh, a top hat, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Consider me sold. I, uh, uh, that's going to be a history check. Two plus... Zero. Uh, so two. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, it's from behind. You don't recognize your own sister. Oh, <laughs> 
She turns around and she goes, Alex? Elena? What are Why you doing are you here? here? <laughs> oh my god. I I I I well I left to be an adventurer. What what why are you here? Oh well, you know, I mean you were always talking about leaving town and it sounded really nice, so I talked Cheyenne into letting me try to sell dresses to the tourists in Dangan so I could get out of Shelton and see a new place. If I sell enough of the clothes, it'll be profitable enough for Cheyenne's store, the shooter's roost, to restock. And maybe I can convince her to let me try selling in Jishop. Can you imagine the big city? You didn't um, think you were the only one who wanted to leave Shelton, did you? Well, I, I wish you would have told me. I, I would have, I would have brought you along. It's 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 a dangerous outside of outside of town. Do you is is someone traveling with you? Are you how are you protecting yourself? I was part of a caravan. Hmm, clever that one. She's pretty clever. What about mom and dad? They'll be okay. I mean, they'll be fine, right? They're on the farm. Shelton's pretty safe. They'll be fine. Hmm. I mean, did you at least let them know you were leaving? Of course. Oh, it took quite the convincing for Ma and Pa to let me go. But Cheyenne said it would be a good opportunity. Get out, see the world, come back. uh, Are are you you staying here? Are you staying at the inn? How are you paying for things? In the caravan. She's got like a pioneer wagon. (laughs) <laughs> you know, traveling hotel of sorts. It's stuffed full of top hats and dresses and elegant ball gowns and capes. Excuse and shower me, shower curtains. Um, <laughs> how much were the top hats again? You see, I, I I might be attending a certain formal event later tonight, so I I need to look snazzy, as it were. Oh well, they're normally too cold. But are you a friend of Alex's? Uh, I don't know, Alex. We friends? Yes, uh, this is my friend, Creek. Looks like we're friends. <laughs> Creek? Hello. Oh, and this is Pearl. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you, Elena. I think here is where we shake hands. <laughs> she reaches out her human, fragile 15-year-old hand. And Pearl Gently just take this it. time. Gent- gent- yes. And Pearl will just lift up probably about like a full foot and then lift down a full foot and then let go. <laughs> okay. Elena is, is like, um, now she's a small village glass and she's not sure if that's normal in the big city or not. So she doesn't comment. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting much better, dear. Don't worry. <laughs> she's like culture shocking on her own too. <laughs> All right. Well, so, uh, what would be the price of the top hat for a friend? Well, um, I, um, I mean, it's for one event, right? So you'd be able to return it after you're done. Um, yes. I'm not big on returning things. No, we'll return it if it, if we can get it for free. We'll return it. I might want to purchase it. <laughs> okay. I mean, is there any chance that you could spread the word about my amazing shop? Absolutely. Where you're wearing it at? I will make sure everyone knows where they can get these hats. Because this is a nice hat. Here, let me tell you. Lots of room to sneak things in that you might have pilfered from other people's pockets. It's fantastic. (laughs) The look on Alex's face. (laughs) He, like, covers his sister's ears. (laughs) Another turn of phrase, I'm sure, right, Creek? Absolutely. Mm. I've got so much to learn. Yes, don't worry. (laughs) I'm just a funny little bird. Don't question it whatsoever. 
But uh, here, here. How about, how about just two gold for that? Normal price. Don't want to run you out of business. And I'll give you the advertising for free. Uh, since you're a friend of Alex's family. All right. Everybody describe what you're going to be wearing later tonight to the party. Because you're getting all decked out here. Krieg <laughs> uh, oh, wow. is wearing just this hat and the same muddy old cloak. <laughs> um, now come, Creek, you must at least have a, a fresher set of clothing. Uh, not really. It takes up space in my bag, and I need to try and maximize my profits on any given venture. Got debts to pay. We can wash it. You could wash my cloak? I've got dry cleaning. Absolutely. Does that cost money? Not for you. All right, then. Sure. You can give it a shot. And uh, Creek just kind of rips this cloak off. It doesn't actually tear. Just like pulls it off of his body. A bunch of feathers like just fall to the ground. You can see some bald spots on this this bird. He also has like a backpack that's full of like a, a small backpack full of like rope and like a jar of ball bearings and a bunch of other slightly suspicious looking equipment that might be like a set of lockpicks and other things. Just kind of hang off the edge. Folds up the nice muddy cloak. A couple fire ants fall out, probably, and just puts it on the <laughs> on the, uh, the table there. Uh, how long do you think that'll take exactly? The sun's not great for my skin, and the you know here and here and oh, no. that other bald spot. And <laughs> as long as it takes for your friends to describe their clothes. Pearl, Alex, what are you wearing? What do you have on you that you're available to wear later tonight to the party? I think what Pearl would do is they would just replace their sleeveless cardigan with one of those like uh, only torso length capes like the kind that only goes across the shoulder uh something in like a yellow color nothing too fancy but something to just complement the purple scales and the scales are like rather like pale and light in their color so just another like either a really dark or uh just like a you know solid yellow that doesn't distract that compliments but that's the only change that that they put on all right looking good and alex what do you have available to wear to the party tonight well i i don't have a whole lot other than what i'm wearing but i'm hoping maybe elena could help me out yes <laughs> what are you borrowing uh well it uh, creek is this is a fancy party right uh knowing uh Knowing him, old Remus, most likely. He's gonna oh. spend a lot of money, probably money that I helped him get. <laughs> and he's gonna pretend like I never paid him. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, Whoa. yes, uh, well, do you know, uh, what are you? Are you a tuxedo man? Three-piece suit? I, I don't know. I've never, I've never worn anything like that. What do you recommend? You're some kind of magic man, right? I, I dabble a little. I'm still learning. Well, the best way to get better at it is to pretend that you're a master at it already. Sheer confidence. That means you should have the finest sorcerer robes you could find. Okay, um, sure. Elena, you got anything like that? Elena brings out... Have you seen Fantasia? Yes. Mickey Mouse's robes yes. and the hat? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love it, Elena. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Looks great. <laughs> so now you're all carrying around a little shopping bag. It's a stiff paper bag that says Elena at the market. <laughs> Elena at the market. So gotcha. as you walk around town for the rest of the day, because it's still light out, it's not dark yet. Um, you know, 
as you walk around town, you'll be advertising for her. I will make sure to, uh, I presumably have my nice clean cloak now. Mm-hmm. Fire ant yep. free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Creek's going to don that back and he's back to just being some weird silhouette that happens to have a very long beak poking out of a hood. All right. Well, which one of you looks stronger? You know what? Pearl. You threw me in the air like crazy. <laughs> Clearly, you're fine to hitch a ride, and I'm just going to clamber up onto Pearl's shoulder. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. This is totally normal. I don't normal. dislike it. I, I, I don't <laughs> dislike it. It is new. Mm. All right. I'll, I'll work with it. I'm old. My legs are frail. Just just don't worry. This is part of your test uh, to get into the fire breathing kittens. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Ah. Just to see how strong you are, if you can uh, carry me around over here. <laughs> mm, 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 that would make sense, yes. Perfect. All right, well, I believe uh, he sort of just turns around that uh, you wanted to take us to your sheriff friend, well, Alex. I mean, I think we should at least let him know what the reveler is doing in this village. Uh, but before we go, and I turn back to Elena, I, I just want to make sure, are, are you going to be fine? Do you need anything? Are you are you going to be okay? Oh, that's me. <laughs> uh, of course I'm fine. I wanted to see the big world, too. You're not the only one that gets to leave town, brother. <laughs> well, oh, I understand. Um, I, well, I just want to, if you ever need me, uh, I'm going to be going. Where is Creek? Where is the the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild located? Uh, Nicomoy, right by the coast. Okay. Well, I I will be in Nicomoy. If you need me for anything, just come to the guild and ask for me, and I'll be whatever you need. I'll do whatever you need. You can. Uh, uh, and she gives you a hug. She's like, now I know where to pack up some dresses and suits and head to next. I will advertise for you. I'm a man of my word. Uh, also, if you actually do need us or any of the kittens for services, just uh, take a sending stone, dial in. Uh, we, we have a hotline to take in quests, I think, or something, and then they, they post <laughs> yeah. on a quest board. Uh, we sh- you should be able to get in contact with your brother anytime you need to. Thank you guys so much! And she gives you all a hug and sends you on your way with bags advertising for her market. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. So... Off to the sheriff? Yeah, you're in the sheriff's office. This building, well, so you're in town. This building says Dangan Sheriff Station on a square plaque on the shingles next to the door. Huh. I walk up to the door and I knock on it. There is no answer. Hello, sheriff? Sheriff Niels? He doesn't appear to be here, but the door is not locked. Huh. Oh, and, uh... Creek, please roll a d20 as you were walking through the town, my friend. A just general d20? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is an eight. In your pocket is one sheet of parchment. Hmm. Kleptomania is not necessarily voluntary. Ah, man, I don't <laughs> really know how these things keep fighting their way into my pockets, but this is a nice sheet of parchment. Probably, probably worth a bit. It's just going to slip it into his bag. <laughs> one silver point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of weird things that end up in my pockets, they left the door open, so clearly we're invited inside, right, guys? And he's just going to jump off Pearl's shoulder and kind of blast through the door. <laughs> well, you blast into a building inside its relatively open concept. 
There is a desk near the front door and four barred-off cells along the back wall. One of the cells is occupied by a five-foot-five, tall, slender, elderly wood elf with gray and copper hair and milky eyes. Hmm. Well, hi there. Erebus? No. No, mind. no, it's I not I think Erebus. it's someone else. Sorry, I was trying to remember, like, the description I had for, for him, and I was like, ah. <laughs> I was just like, old person? Nah. <laughs> Pretty close. Pearl is initially reminded of the farmer that she's friends with, but they are... Over in Nikomoi, I couldn't work all of your backstory NPCs into the oh, that's totally game, but I tried. I, I tried. I did a fair job. But Gee, um, I hope anyway, your farmer so. friend wouldn't be in jail. That'd be a shaky start. Yes, I was. Oh. I was about to be quite confused, but I'm. I'm actually rather relieved that that's not Erebus. Uh, who are you? The elderly wood elf slowly and painfully gets to his feet. Hello, I am Professor Edmius Sue, but you can call me Ed or Professor Sue, whichever you prefer. He is the only person in this open concept sheriff's jail huh. building. You can see all four walls and the cells have like bars on them. So you can see through the bars into the back wall. What, uh, what'd you do to get thrown in here, buddy? Well, wanting to have a gander at Dengen Town, I left Nikomoi and headed here for the weekend. I had just arrived when this strapping fellow stopped me and asked for a permit for carrying a weapon. <laughs> My staff, you see. Having just arrived, I had not had time to know that I needed a permit or to get one. The tall bloke, the constable, said that ignorance was no excuse. I didn't have the gold to pay the fine, and I'm afraid I got quite carried away with my indignation, and, uh, um, it all went to pot. He gave me a real bollocking, and so I ended up here. He gestures down at the jail bed he was sitting on, inside the cell. Huh. Hey, uh, Alex, I don't suppose- I definitely didn't rifle through your pockets, okay? Um, but I don't suppose you happen to have a permit in one of your pockets, do you? Uh, yeah, I actually got one not too long ago, right before we met. Fantastic. I don't uh, fully agree with the laws of this area very much. I think it's a little uh, bad. So um, here, here's what I'm going to do for you, buddy. Um, can I try and pick open the uh, jail cage? You can. All right. Uh, sleight of hand check. Mm. That is a 20, not natural. Mm. Okay. The cell door pops open. I really hope this isn't a murderer. No, no. I'm sure it's not. Um, clearly, uh, he just point, has a staff. Uh, Pearl will turn to Alex, actually, like, like as Creek was uh, working on the lock, and they'll turn to Alex and say, is it normal to break laws if you disagree with them? I, I, Erebus always told me that laws are put in place and you must follow them, regardless of whether you like them or not. But Creek seems rather... Um, free with how he treats that, uh, moral guideline. You know, I, I've actually been pondering that myself, but, I mean, he's a fire-breathing kitten, right? So, <laughs> clearly he, he knows what's <laughs> right and what's wrong. And, I mean, hmm. if this man is just thrown in jail because he had a weapon without... Like, I came into town without a permit, I didn't know, but luckily the sheriff took a liking to me i'm sure it was just a misunderstanding right ed it was just a misunderstanding oh oh yes um, i i got a little carried away hmm. on that note um let's see let's see let's see it's been a while since i forged some documentation but uh well that's a lie but anyway um can i just uh <laughs> can i just see your uh permit there for a moment alex oh yeah sure and i'll pull it out of my backpack and 
hand it over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, hmm. Not many security standards on this paper. Perfect. <laughs> um, I want to use my other Kenku ability called Expert Duplication, which gives me advantage on any checks to produce an exact uh, duplicate of any um, writing or craft work. Uh, and I want to like, uh, presumably there's like permit sheets somewhere in the desk. I'd like rifle through the desk trying to find one, but I just yeah. want to fill it out to order and then like fill out the, the share signature perfectly and make a permit for Ed. Perception check. And then a, uh, what would this be? Like sleight of hand to see how good you're not how dexterous you are. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, right. Perception check to find the 21 paper. on the perception. You, yeah. Oh man. There's empty permit, like blank permit forms. And also... A ring of keys on the wall. Hmm. <laughs> I might, uh, yeah, I think I'll pocket those, actually. <laughs> they look shiny. I, you know, I was just thinking, Creek, do, do you have a permit? Pearl, do you? That's a fantastic idea. I should just make three. <laughs> um, and uh, let me just add the keys real quick. In my notes, cool. Um, all right, time for some advantage sleight of hand checks to... Like, Forge a bunch of legal documents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> natural 20 on the one for Ed already. That's a 27. Um, I'm not going to roll advantage on that. Uh, 20 on um, Pearl's documentation. And uh, oof, uh, 14 on mine. Hopefully it's not. A <clears throat> I accidentally spilled a little ink on it. Oh, wait, I have advantage. Never mind. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. 21. There we go. Wow. Nice. How long do you all spend doing this? Uh, as long as it takes to get it all. It's probably, it's probably like 10 minutes per paper, right? Takes oh, yeah, a second. Yeah, so you're here for half an hour. You start to mm -hmm. wonder where the sheriff is. Should probably go look for that guy, to be honest. But hey, I still have it in me, guys. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Ed, have you s seen the sheriff? Where, where did the constable go? Oh. There was quite the hubbub earlier. I missed it on account of being in the cell. But apparently, Tanager Goodfellow of the Fire-Breathing Kittens is throwing a do for everyone tonight at the mayor's mansion. The sheriff seemed quite chuffed and left, proclaiming that he needed to go change into something more posh, leaving me here forgotten. I've had bugger-all to do all day. And dun-dun-dun, as you guys hear that Tanager Goodfellow is throwing a do at the mayor's. Joining us for this half were Alex. Hi, <laughs> I'm Alex. <laughs> Creek the Fleet. Well, it's only illegal if you get caught. <laughs> and Tanager Goodfellow, no, wasn't he? Joining us were Pearl. Well, I'm learning quite a lot today. I think you have a review for us. Oh, yes. In my head, that went a lot smoother of a transition. <laughs> um, but yes, so we have one from Broman 92 uh, The variety keeps things fresh, and it's good for running and for doing chores. Fun stuff. Nice and simple. Bye-bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of Fire Breathing Kittens. This episode's shout-out is from Zom underscore BY, who says, quote, The Few and Cursed Role-Playing Game is a 2-6 to six player, which is best 3-5, to five, standalone supplement-slash-expansion to Rock Manor Games' Maximum Apocalypse RPG system. Players 
take on the roles of apocalypse survivors adventuring across the desert to survive the many dangers that lurk around the corner. End quote. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is a special day coming up? We can wish them a happy message on your behalf. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a for this episode, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Um, this season I'm probably going to be doing, when I DM, some non-D&D games, so we'll still be an actual <gasps> play podcast. Whoa, but I, there's this list of like free RPGs, and I want to try them. One of them, you get to be bears. You guys, you just all get to be bears. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I want to do that. Okay, so anyways, this is probably the only 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast that I'm going to be doing in 2023, but we'll see. Who knows? Just play, have fun. Anyway, so we're back. We're back. Welcome back. <laughs> Everybody, please roll a d20. I'm going to roll a d20 myself and we're using my giant marker right down a number. Wow. Wow. Just wow at that number. Okay. What did y'all roll? I've got it written down. I'm holding up the papers. So you know I'm not going to lie about it. Three. <laughs> Sixteen. A five. The number that I wrote down was a... Can't see. There's a also glare. a spider a drawn one? on the page. Yeah. Oh, that... one. Ah. Uh, I get to... <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened last time? Great, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, after waking up in a bit of a haze, I was uh, apparently in a swamp, and I knew there was a town nearby, I believe by the name of... Uh, is it Dalton? Dalgan? Dangan. Dangan. This Dangan town. Uh, Dangan, a uh, nearby town, figured might as well go to it. So here I am, crawling through the swamps, getting all filthy, and uh, apparently I must have stepped on some fire ants or something, because there was a good seven seconds there where everything just hurt and I didn't know what was happening. Luckily, they seemed to give up after I sprinted away from uh, the place where I had stepped, but um, as I started to make my way into town, I um, believe there was uh, two other... Uh, will be adventures trying to make their way in uh, as well. Um, we have Alex, who got accosted for not having a permit for his weapons, but seemed to be able to sweet talk the uh, law into giving him a permit for fairly cheap. Or actually, I think it cost all of his money. Not really sure. And uh, Pearl uh, came through the markets and bought a lovely teapot, I believe, before we all bumped into a bridge full of very enthralled people who wanted to see this uh, revelrer fellow, who at the time I didn't remember who he quite was, might have hit my head a couple times somewhere along here, or after getting stomped on by the crowd, but uh, after we all got a peek at him, we also all got charmed, uh, failed our saves quite a few times in a row, um, and finally after getting shoved to the ground and kind of got knocked to our senses but um beyond that uh i believe alex managed to do some weird magic kind of thing magic's not really my thing uh made him run away looked like his head was hurting guy probably deserves it um and uh after that we made um well we introduced ourselves turns out they're both looking for a fire breathing kitten or the fire breathing kittens kind of sucks that they found me first but it is what it is um and uh with that we decided going to the market wouldn't be a bad idea just to see if they had any health potions for me because at this point i was broken uh but when am i not 
And uh, we actually bumped into Alex's sister, wildly enough. Uh, have a lovely new top hat and I have lots of room in here. And um, uh, since then, we've decided to go into the sheriff's office, where um, I legally um, freed an otherwise illegally incarcerated individual. Um, and uh, we all legally acquired permits from the sheriff who was definitely there and wrote them for us. <laughs> That's the way I remember it. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And that Professor Edmir Sower, Ed, has wandered off. It's been half an hour, you know. So he's like, well, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> and uh, so you are finishing filling out a certain paperwork for each of you when the door opens and an eight-foot-tall, flat-nosed, 400-pound sheriff, the spurs on his boots clinking as he walks in, enters the jail. Howdy. Well, who do we have here? Oh, hi, Sheriff. It's good to see you again. And remember, you have a plus seven on your persuasion rolls to him, so go ahead and roll a persuasion check to see how you all look as you're filling out paperwork. <laughs> plus, plus seven, right? Uh-huh. So that's going to be uh, a 31. <laughs> Oh, how? I rolled a Goodness. 19 on the die. Sorcery. <laughs> Describe what it looks like, because he didn't see the paperwork at all. So the moment the sheriff walks in, uh, I immediately rushed over to him. Sheriff, it's, I'm so glad you finally got here. I, I've got some uh, important news to share with you. There is a man in town who is charming your town folk and robbing them of their... Uh, their individuality, I think, or at least their free will to get stuff that he wants and needs. He's throwing a party tonight at the mayor's house, and I think you need to arrest him. I'm just trying to distract him as <laughs> as Creek is doing. Yeah, his Creek's gonna finish like the last dot of ink on the the page and just shove like all the all the permits and things back into where they're supposed to be. Uh, slide the one he just made into his pocket because he did make his last. And, uh, you know, put the pen back. Everything's perfect. Doesn't look like anything's been touched. Um, well, act actually, just to add on that, onto that, I, um, I don't think the host of the party, the host of the party might be a fire breathing kitten. He might not be doing anything bad, but there is oh, a certain, do a history uh, check for that. You uh, are a fire breathing kitten. You're the only one here who really knows this. Uh, seven. Yeah. Even a seven, you can understand what someone looks like. He's a satyr, Tanager Goodfellow. So that per okay, I think someone here's impersonating. Gotcha. That's where I was not following. Uh, someone here might be impersonating a fire-breathing kittens member, as it were, because uh, Tanager Goodfellow is not a half elf, but a certain man by the name of Remus is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just be honest. The sheriff looks a little bummed out that he has to work. <laughs> <laughs> He sighs with this, like, ah, oh, I gotta do something sigh. And he sits down at his desk and puts his heels on his, on top of the desk. You know, sits down at, at, in the chair, but in chair, heels on top of desk. I, I just cleaned that. <laughs> and leans back with his hands behind his head and he says, All right, let's come up with a plan. Y'all shall be my deputies tonight, am I right? <gasps> I'd be honored to. Mm, sure. I have a wonderful reputation with the law. <laughs> Does that mean we're allowed to do what we like and everyone has to follow what we say? 
Now you're getting it. Being a sheriff <gasps> is mighty fantastic. And, and as my deputy, of course, you have the same privileges. Mm. Never mind, I like this job. <laughs> <laughs> so you say it's at the mayor's mansion. Well, that's well, that's coming up mighty soon. We've got just a few hours left to prepare. Maybe two hours. You know this this man's real name. What is your name? Uh, me? Creek. Uh, Creek the Fleet. Creek the Fleet. So you say that his real name is, uh, what now? I, uh, have a sneaking suspicion it's old Remus. And we're gonna pan out on the planning session. Because you know in stories, when they pan out on planning sessions, they're more likely to work. So <laughs> we're gonna time skip. As you now have the sheriff's full support, I'm gonna let you know the sheriff's not as strong. Like, it's, he's not any stronger than you guys, you know? Mm-hmm. But... I'd like you each to say one thing that you do in the two hours before the party that um, is going to help you out later tonight. And you get, you get to do it because you have if the sheriff can help, you know. Uh, Just one change to the setting. So right now there's a mayor's mansion party that's going to happen. Remus is there. The whole town's going to be there. Um, anything you would set the stage with to make life easier for yourself later. Uh I have canonically gotten a broken liar, so I'm going to go and fix that so I can do magic. <laughs> uh, yes. I think Creek is going to sneak through town, swiping little trinkets and things, uh, potentially to keep, but, you know, they might come in handy to throw out a crowd somewhere to get them to be like, ooh, money. Yeah, roll a d20 twice. And let me know both numbers. It's legal because I'm the deputy, so, you know, I'm just allowed. <laughs> uh, that is a nat 20 and a 9. You get one signal whistle and one piece of chalk. Wow. I have a kleptomania table prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as far as Alex is concerned, uh, I think I'm going to try to get in touch with uh, the the wait staff or the the staff of the of the man's uh, the mayor's manor, and possibly find a way of getting our weapons uh, or or. Uh, maybe even some additional help snuck in. Uh, preferably, I, I assume weapons are not going to be allowed at the party. Right, right, yeah. So your dagger is strapped under a table in the entry room. The lyre is in the room on the right, hanging on the wall as if it were decoration. And Creek, what's your weapon? Creek has a rapier and like 20 other daggers sneakily hidden underneath his, his cloak, but... <laughs> oh oh gosh okay every chair at this place has a dagger under it and then um you had a staff right did you have a staff sorcerer i don't remember i, I have a quarter staff yes quarter staff your quarter staff is in there's an umbrella stand the quarter staff is in the umbrella stand okay, okay. interesting perfect great job everybody that was such a good idea alex i try <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories about heroes and adventures, and they do this kind of stuff all the time. No, you're doing great. (laughs) So the sheriff is in place already in the mansion. You guys, heading like nothing was different, are are walking up, right? So is it okay if I read the description for the mansion now? I think so. Mm -hmm. You stand at the end of a long, curved circle of a raised driveway that leads to a white-painted two-story building with four columns in front. Columns like the White House, like those fancy columns. You're at the end of this long, curved, raised driveway because there's a line of fabulously dressed people standing in front of you. 
green sparkling ball gowns as dark as the night sky, baby blue topaz cufflinks, a dazzling opal watch, a ruby red sports jacket. You look at your own outfits and remind everyone, what are you wearing? Uh, well, Pearl is wearing a rather nice, elegant shoulder cape that uh, is a dark golden yellow that contrasts quite nicely with her light purple scales. Creek uh, has his normal cloak on, but it's nice and clean now, and he has a nice top hat. He's cleaned up his feathers a little bit. They're shiny. And Alex is uh, decked in a crimson red uh, silk uh, sorcerer's robe with a triangular <laughs> hat with stars and moons on it <laughs> and white gloves. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. A bipedal rhinoceros in a suit stands before a red carpet style rope clipped closed before the entrance door. The rhinoceros looks you all up and down. My good friends, the rhinoceros says, cracking open a wide smile. Welcome! And unclips the red carpet-style rope, gesturing for you to enter through the door, which is opened by an Asian human man in a suit. Hmm. Don't mind if I do. Pearl Thank you, sir. Is, uh, Pearl just simply nods, and their eyes immediately just start darting around the uh, the building, just taking it all in. I'm going to... Uh, tip a silver piece to the man who let us in. Excellent. The rhinoceros in the suit pockets it. Absolutely. You all enter a large room. There's an intricately patterned huge area rug on the wood floor. There's an umbrella stand right near the entrance. <laughs> Dozens of people are standing on that carpet. Beyond them is a staircase on the left. And there's a second story. And two doorways on the back wall and on the right wall that lead to more rooms. And because you were here before, some of you know that the kitchens is through that back room even further. Most people are carrying a drink or a small tray of tiny food. Hmm. Are the drinks visible? Like, where they're getting them from? There are... Uh, there is a small... So, picture like the Monopoly Man. Mm -hmm. Walking around with a tray of drinks. They are champagne flutes, bubbling. Uh, Creek's going to run up and grab um, four of them. Sure. How much of those do you drink? I'm giving one to Pearl and Alex, of course, but I'm taking the other two. Okay. <laughs> You're drinking well, we, two? Yes. Okay. We shouldn't get too wasted. We have a job to do. This is the five breathing kittens. It's how we operate. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't out. know. <laughs> At this point, actually, Pearl will just kind of, it'll, they'll pretend that they're drinking, but you will still hear their voice in your heads. Uh, they're communicating telepathically with you now. And they say, we should be on our guard not to speak too freely here, I think. Uh, when do you, th should we get our weapons now or later? I think it'll be more uh, cinematic if we dart and grab them later. Hmm. Well, I, def I defer to the expert. <laughs> yes. I would like to know who drank what. Uh, Two drinks for Creek. Alex? I'd be sipping on mine, I suppose, yeah. Oh, one drink for Alex. And it sounds like Pearl just pretended to drink theirs. Yeah. So 
if you drink a little, which I'd say is Alex, you're feeling kind of sleepy, like after eating a large <laughs> turkey. And if you drink a lot, like Creek, you're feeling so sleepy. Wow, you got drunk fast. Is there a good place to catch just like a teensy catnap around here? And note that you will uh, certain it's a yes on later. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, Creek is just kind of stumbling about bumping. He probably knocks someone over to just like tripping him while walking underneath their feet. Um, <laughs> Creek, I said, don't get too drunk. I'm not. You haven't seen me on a Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do I, uh, just, just looking around between, you know, people's legs. Do I, do I see Remus anywhere? You look around, you look for people you might know, like Remus, Surely there's a mayor around here. It's safe to assume that one of these people is the mayor, although none of them are exactly wearing a sash that says mayor on it. You see a six-foot, 11-inch tall half-orc with a greenish complexion, wearing an angora scarf and a shark tooth necklace, and an equally as large as them suit, is talking to a black woman, and you overhear, Thank you for your donation to the academy. And they wander upstairs. Um, and then, there's so many people here. You, but it's it's spaced out. It's like a networking event where there's a good 10 feet between a cluster of three people chatting, eating tiny food. You see uh, an end table with a fancy patterned runner down it and round trays of tiny foods. And you know that beneath that end table is your knife. <laughs> a six foot five, 200 pound half elf, roughly, roughly 40 years old, but he's taking great care of himself, enters the room. He's muscular and stands confidently. He has black hair with a bit of salt and pepper, charmingly speckled at his temples, tanned skin, blue eyes. Seeing you three, he beams with a smile. His voice is captivating as he says, Ah, my friends from earlier, welcome. Let's start off with a drink. He gestures towards a tray held by a polar bear person. Everybody, please make a wisdom saving throw. Ah, oh, no. Oh, no. That's a 20. The alcohol's made me a bit more too drunk to be charmed. <clears throat> I got a two minus one, so one. <laughs> uh, I got an 11. Okay. A DC five of a fail is you accept a drink from the tray. <laughs> you hold it up to your mouth and you drink it, but you know because you passed earlier today that this person is forcing you to drink this drink. As the sorcerer in the group, do an arcana check. Sure. Uh, that would be... That's a natural 20. Uh, plus zero, so 20. Whoa, natural 20. <laughs> the drink glows pink with the light of magic from the school of enchantment. I drink it down un unwillingly, but I do drink it. <laughs> you now have two in you. I just, I just like you to note that. Uh, Creek, yeah. you already had two in you. You pass, but it doesn't matter. And then Pearl, <laughs> you accept a drink from the tray and you hold it up to your mouth, but it stops there. I think it's magic. I think you're right. Hmm. I don't know who taught that guy how to use magic, but it's a I... bad idea. <laughs> so uh, the drink is up at Pearl's lips and then it just stops there. And uh, they do the same thing to... Uh, this elf as they did with their friends uh, drink up to mouth but the guy can hear their voice in their head 
You know, I'm getting rather annoyed at all of this forced magic. So who can hear that? Uh, only the uh, elf. Okay. Oh, okay. Creek is suspicious. So we're going to address that first. Creek is suspicious because this guy can't use magic. Do a perception check. It's actually Tanager disguised. It's disguised. <laughs> um, it's a seven. A seven. Okay, so you notice he's got some unusual jewelry on. That's a bit strange. I wonder, artificers can sometimes enchant jewelry to be able to cast spells, can't they? That's very weird. Ah, uh, the so, schmuck. Uh, yeah, so Pearl, you spoke into his brain that you were sick of being magicked. And so he grins at you and he says out loud, you're pretty sharp. Well, it's rather easy to see when someone is faking it. I'd like to do vicious mockery again if I can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um uh he I'm just gonna make it quick. Uh he rolled a oh gosh, a one. Oh yeah, so that's four psychic damage along with that telepathic burn. Oh, he winces. He winces and he says, What a handful you are. He smiles and shrugs attractively. Grr. <laughs> so as Tanager Goodfellow, I'd like to thank you all for coming here to my party tonight. Please have a good time. It's on me, the reveler. And he gestures for everybody to drink up. You notice, everybody, the people around you are drinking. And they all look a little sleepy. Mm. Tanager's good name will ensure that a wonderful party ensues. Hmm. Hmm. Creek's going to hobble over drunkenly to the other two. All right. Well, I think clearly the idea here is everyone falls asleep and then he could just pilfer all their belongings and run away. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. So we need to figure out how to put a stop to this before we also pass out. Which is probably and we can just beat him up. All right. <laughs> That's a good idea. But I suspect that some of the jewelry he's wearing is letting him cast his magic. Because I'm pretty sure old Remus is clever. But he's not that clever. Uh, we should get the jewelry away from him. What do you think, Pearl? Oh, uh, I think this is going to be rather difficult with young Alex here. Uh, barely staying awake. He's doing better than I am. I'm just always yes. drunk. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. Alex, you have magic. What do you happen to have something that could counteract this force? Or perhaps we could go into the kitchens and uh, sabotage whatever drinks are being served if those are part of what's being magically influenced. I, I, do, I do something I could do. I, uh, I could. Conjure win and push him down. <laughs> I think you have no inhibition and you do it. <laughs> I cast I cast Gus then at oh uh, Remus. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what does Gus do? I think it's some kind of saving So Gus is a cantrip. Uh, I seize the air around me and I compel it to create uh, one of the following effects. And the one I am picking uh, is uh, I blast that air towards one medium or smaller creature that I choose. I choose Remus. And they must succeed a strength saving throw or be pushed. 
It's just going to be pushed away from me. I thought it was going to push him down, but it just pushes him away. <laughs> the wind whips through the room. People's fox fur scarves. Uh, the, the fox fur has different colors at the tip and in, deep in the fur, so it ripples and um, reminds you of tall grasses from earlier. As he is pushed five feet, you have gathered the attention of the people around you. The handsome half-elf with salt-and-pepper hair and blue eyes steadies himself and then grins reassuringly at everyone. Um, oh, welcome to my party. Please be good until we've collected our cover charges. He mm. withdraws rose petals from his pocket. And you know you can purchase these because they he's not casting a spell. He's using created magic. Holds his hand palm up to his face and blows. The rose petals disintegrate into red sparkle dust that blows off of his palm and into the room next door. All of the party guests who had been very alarmed by him being blown and by the wind... Well, ball gowns and suits slumped to the floor, the whole room unconscious. Creak? Alex, you do too. Oh, here we go again. A casually garbed man enters through his side door, walks up to an unconscious form, then stands back up with a topaz cufflink. Pearl, you see. He grins at the half-elf and shouts to you, Give it up! This is our jewelry now! Now everyone in the mansion, apart from Pearl, has fallen to the sleep spell. The people don't rise, even though he shouted. The rhinoceros with the suit from earlier chuckles and steps over towards Alex, who had tipped him earlier. That's our reveler, he laughs. Another casually dressed person enters from the kitchens and cackles. <laughs> We've got ourselves quite the hall this time. Pearl. What do I do? <laughs> so... Oh, oh. So Pearl looks around and just immediately just the attitude that they had had is just gone. And they look to, quote unquote, the reveler and uh, says out loud, well, I suppose there's nothing I can really do about this. Might I join in? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a comedian sketch by Bert Kreishner, I believe, called The Machine, where he signs up to learn the Russian language and ends up joining the mob on a train and stealing from everybody's bags there overnight, including his own. So I think it's pretty realistic, actually. <laughs> Let's do a persuasion check there and see if it works. Okay. 22. Sure. Yeah, it works. <laughs> uh, now, Creek would know that Remus has a certain policy towards those he trusts and those he doesn't in his criminal gang. So Creek knows what's coming. But you think you're in. You're, you know, as Remus, um, he <laughs> he smiles at you and he's so charming. And he says, I like your style. Absolutely. You can rob four people and keep that cut if you help us haul out of here. Sounds like a win to me. Uh, and so in Pearl's head, their plan is they're going to go to the person who said thank you for your donation to the Academy and go and steal from that half-orc, hoping to find something that can like <laughs> counteract magic. 
or like okay. wake someone up. So like she, they're going to go to go to him and then go yeah. to one other person. And then she, the last two will be Creek and Alex in the hopes of trying to wake them up. And they'll also grab their loot from the wall. Okay. So are you going to the, the black or woman lighter. or the six foot tall half orc? Uh, I'll go to the half orc first and then the black woman. <laughs> okay. Now you'd shake them and you're, you're waking them up. Kind of uh, a little roughly taking stuff from their pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you you reach, you reach for that Angora scarf. You reach for it. And then Crud from season one of Fire Breathing Kittens back in oh. 2019, a retired oh. level 20 adventurer opens his eyes where he was not sleeping. <laughs> the sleep spell doesn't have enough hit points. Pi, if you read the sleep spell to, to make a level 20 adventurer sleep. And you and him are up on the balcony on the second floor, the only ones there. And he stops your hand as you reach for the Angora scarf and opens his eyes <gasps> and goes, no, oh. oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, no, 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 no. This is this is on purpose. I wanted to find somebody to help. I heard you talking about an academy and was hoping that you might have something to wake everybody and stop these criminals. Do a persuasion check. Come on. Why do I have to do that? Uh, that's only on 11. <laughs> I have so many options here. You're on no. the second story. Choose the best option. <laughs> You're level one. I guess it, it, you said 11? Yes. Okay. I will let you, if you know the right thing to say at this moment to sway oh, this God. person's opinion, I will let you say it. So this is out of character knowledge. Does the player know who this person is and what it would take to get them on their side? What, what would you say? Oh, gosh. So as player, I have li- I, I have o- I only know crud through the episode <laughs> with last season where they were, you know, basically camp counselors for his students. Yes. And so I think, yes, I have it. Okay. So, uh, Pearl leans down even closer and says, there's a young man here. His name is Alex. He's a budding student. Just a a new sorcerer coming into his own and he holds promise, but they're going to steal everything he has. And and he won't be able to go to a school or find a tutor that way. Please, you, you were in charge of an academy. You... I'm sure you care for students' well-being. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yes. This is Crud, the headmaster of the Fire Breathing Kittens Academy. Retired level 20. He has like 200 hit points and like 30 strength, you guys. Oh my so, god. <laughs> as far as like people to wake up, that was a good one. And he goes, I would never allow that to happen. He barrels off the second story, breaking through the railing, the wood splintering. <laughs> And slams down on the first floor, crashing in the floorboards, his feet undamaged, all of him undamaged. You're still up on the second floor balcony. And yeah. uh, I believe now we have entered a- a combat rounds. Everybody roll initiative. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a nine for Creek, though he is unconscious. Uh, that's an uh, eight for Pearl. Fourteen for Alex, though he is also unconscious. Okay, I'm going to roll a luck check. Odds Creek, evens Alex. Who did Crud wake up when he landed on the floorboards of the entryway where you guys were? That's a six. So, Alex, a plank hits you. Take one damage. (laughs) (laughs) You're so lucky. (laughs) And taking damage wakes you from the sleep spell. 
Mom, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> so, uh, is that an issue? Just say that again, because I didn't really write that down fast enough. Uh, what 14. Were your mm-hmm. Six. Nine. Okay. That means... Alex, you're awakened by a plank smacking you and dealing a damage. <laughs> Crud has arrived. <laughs> Am I still inebriated? No, no, that was the sleep spell. Okay, okay. Uh, well, waking up on the floor, being hit by a plank, uh, kind of shake my, shake my head, trying to gather my senses, realize what has just happened. Um, I realize there was uh, magic involved. And there um, are seven goons and one Remus Belthrain around you. All right. Well, I think the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to stand up and I'm going to immediately turn towards Remus and I go, You charlatan! We cannot let you do this. You're not going to get away. Uh, and I'm going to, at this point, uh, I think the best thing to do. Yeah, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, <laughs> in the in the 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 long sorcerer robes that I'm wearing uh, that dangle kind of below, I'm going to thrust my hands forward. And as I do, uh, sparkling green and white light uh, of uh, moonlight, uh, go scattering out uh, in the direction of the goons, and I'm casting Fairy Fire over all of them. All right, please read that spell. Fairy Fire. So each uh, object uh, in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. I'm choosing green. Uh, any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in the light if, if it fails a dexterity saving throw. Uh, for the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. And any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. Excellent. That's a great thing to do with it being dark outside. Even if they dash out into the swamp beyond, you'll see them. Great uh, turn. So, going to need uh, dexterity saving throws from all of them, I believe? Yeah, they, they're just going to oh. fail that. Oh, I okay. liked it story-wise. Sure. Okay. <laughs> They all fail. And I love that if if this does exit the mansion and head out into the swamp beyond, which is a bit dangerous, there's giant crocodiles out there, but you'll be able to see them because they'll be outlined in green. Perfect. Is that the end of your turn? The uh, With the remainder of my movement, I'm going to look around for Creek and make my way towards him. Okay. Uh, yes. And it is now Creek's turn. I'm going to give you, if you want to expend five movement speed to kick Creek, you can. <laughs> I will kick him. Creek, you're so lucky. Take a damage and wake up. Creek, get up. <laughs> rah, rah. Hey, that wasn't what? What happened to the balcony? Oh, crud! It's crud. Um, okay, uh, guys. Um, wow, this place is probably this whole bench is probably gonna get blown up in like thirty seconds. Maybe we should just. You know what? I've decided. You guys are all fire breathing kins material. I have a feeling crud probably has this handled, and uh, Remus is. No joke, his, his goons are pretty dangerous, and I don't want to die today. Uh, neither do you guys, probably. Maybe maybe we should just pack up, and uh, I'm sure Crowd has this handled. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly feel sorry for these poor guys, but uh, we probably don't want to die here. So, Creek is going to reach for a dagger, um, one of the ones from a random chair, like a couple daggers on the chairs, um, and just start throwing them in the direction of Remus's goons. <laughs> Almost looks like his feathers. <laughs> Oh, let's get some to hits there. I believe I can only really throw one. It's it's only level one, but 
Um, uh, that's a 13 to hit. Or else kind oh of my gosh. Which of these goons are you taking out? You've heard some descriptions for a few. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, the, the, like, um, shark man at the door. Was it a shark or a bear? Rhino. 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 Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what animals are. Anyway, um, it looks like that's a five uh, with that dagger. Yeah, five damage. Oh, he goes down. The Everyone sees a dagger whip through the air and bend into someone, you know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that with this density of people, there's enough healers around that even lethal damage is non-lethal because when everyone wakes up, they're, you know, someone's going to have like a revivify, so don't worry about it. With this amount of crowd, unless you take out the whole crowd. So, so it goes down. That's one rhino on the ground with a thump. <laughs> um, Pearl, a dagger just whipped past your head and took out a rhino. What are you doing? Uh, so Pearl pulls out their lyre and says, now this is an adventure. And from the balcony, you can hear the strumming of notes. And they sing, your cowardly caper is at an end. These fledgling heroes will foil your plans. And Creek, Woo! Crud, and Alex are all blessed. And so uh, you bless up to three creatures of your choice. Whenever a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, which is a minute, uh, the target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to the attack roll or the saving throw. So nice. keep that in mind when you're attacking. Just add an extra d4 along with your d20. And um, I think they'll also use their bonus action to cast Bardic Inspiration on Alex. Excellent. Yeah, it's so you'll get an extra turn. D6. <laughs> Thank you. Good, extra D6. Crud is a level 20 adventurer. Without caring that he is breaking the coat rack, he lifts a coat rack and he throws it across the room and knocks down <laughs> multiple people. Um, and, you know, one of them, uh, a casually dressed goon who came into the party and had started robbing jewelry after the sleep spell was cast, backs away, raising both hands, palms out. Looking panicked as Crud snaps a table in half, <laughs> he shouts, Remus, why aren't they falling asleep? Anger flashes across the six-foot-five-tall half-elf's face. Idiot! Don't call me by that name! He turns and focuses on... I'm going to roll randomly. One, two, three, four, five, six. You're lucky this isn't Nick Pearl. and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl, he starts whispering creepily. It's you Ugh. up on the balcony. Whisper, 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 whisper. Creepy sounds. Oh, no. This is dissident <laughs> whispers. A spell attack. <gasps> he whispers a discordant melody that only one creature of his choice within 60 feet can hear, racking it with terrible pain. Apparently, he picked up a level bard. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. Ah, uh, the dissonance. Can the musician survive the dissonance? <laughs> uh, that's only a 10. Ah. <laughs> uh. Take five psychic damage. Ugh. And if you're still alive, are you still up? I am barely still up, but yes. <laughs> Immediately use your reaction, if available, to move as far as your speed allows away from him. Now you're on the balcony, so I don't know where that takes you, but you, you're you terrified of Remus. Uh, I imagine that would be like back towards the wall, like the outer wall, I suppose. And I have to roll concentration to see if I keep up the blessed spell, because it is a concentration spell. I think concentration is eight plus your spell modifier. 
or sorry, whatever you roll plus your spell modifier. So that'd be eight plus three is 11. So I think that passes. I think it's, yeah, it's like 10, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. you okay. barely maintain your concentration on Bless. <laughs> Alex, we are back to you. Probably the biggest problem in your mind is that Pearl is looking real bad and is up on the balcony against the wall. I, how do you feel about the friends that you've met today? I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like they came to my aid and now it's my turn to go to theirs. And so I'm going to rush over to the umbrella rack, uh, uh, whip out the quarterstaff, spin it in my hand, charge towards Remus, and I'm going to yell at him, by the power of the moon, I punish you! <laughs> and I'm going to attack him. All right, let's see it. Oh my god! Um, so, I love Alex so much! So, I know that reference. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a roll with advantage from the fairy fire. So that's a 19 on that uh, was the highest roll there. Uh, adding the my strength plus five, that's a 24 plus a 1d4 for the bless. I'm assuming I hit. <laughs> yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> uh, so I go to hit him and I'm also going to expend, uh, I'm going to uh, use my canch booming blade as well. Uh, as a bonus action as I do this. So that's going to be... <laughs> that's going to be a big hit, I think. A 13 points of damage to Remus. Can oh you add goodness. Bardic Inspiration to that if you want to? I think it was to the attack, not the damage. But I'm not sure. Oh, I see. Never mind then. I am lear Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning this. <laughs> so yeah, as I smack him, the, the, uh, the quarterstaff begins to shine and shimmer. And a white light as I just whack him upside the head. Oh, the handsome half-elf crashes like a limp rag doll to the ground. His progress slowed but not stopped by a very expensive-looking end table. The splintering sound of wood snapping. The party guests start to wake up. And confused, start to like look around. They see Crud. Crud has lifted a chair. The chair had a person in it. He doesn't really care. They slump to the ground. They're like, they wake up. And he throws the chair, taking out one of the last of the minions, the fairy fire having clearly marked the people that need to be taken down. The party guests are a little confused. <laughs> they start to get, they're rich people, start to get a little angry. And they point to you. <laughs> There's a lot of property damage here. Someone's going to take the blame. And it's Greek's turn. Well, I'm an expert on uh, dodging property damage bills, so um, <clears throat> uh, guys, uh, I think, uh, yep, yep, you guys did great. I think you're officially fire-breathing kittens, but uh, you're going to have to follow me outside right now, and we're going to run and not listen to anyone trying to tell us to stop for a while. <laughs> and Creek uh, is going to throw one last dagger. If if Are any of the original goons still up, or have they all been... <laughs> They're all down. Crud's taking Crud, them out. Crud and, <laughs> Crud's taking uh, out yeah, half the mansion. Creek is just gonna <laughs> blast out the door, being fleet, as his name suggests. Pearl and Alex? Yeah, if if Creek says to go, we need to go. I think Crud can handle this. That was his name, right? Yes, I, uh, I think you're correct. And uh, Pearl just makes their way back down the stairs, avoiding angry people and angry crud. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and you all escape from the mayor's mansion. The sheriff, still drunk. <laughs> he wasn't really much of a help, was he? No. Sometime later, you travel to the port city of Nikimui. Creek 
As a returning member, the moment you enter the doorway of the guild hall, a familiar voice calls out to you. You're back! We ailed you are making trouble in Dangin. <laughs> Coming down the stairs from the second story, a two-foot-tall elderly dwarf pauses on the landing and calls out to Alex and Pearl. New recruits! Glad to have you on board! Where do you want your tattoo? And with that, with you joining the fire-breathing kittens, we'll end today's adventures. Before we do the sign-offs, would you like to hear the alternative options and epilogues? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Epilogue. In case you didn't discover it, this adventure featured a cheetah robbing a bank. If you had chased the cheetah into the swamp, she would have told you a secret. A con artist enacting a nefarious plan upon the wealthy party attendees at the mayor's mansion. You guys got that one. And a sheriff arresting and fining tourists for not possessing a Dangan weapons permit before entering town. I believe you joined him as deputies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have some if and treasure. If. No. If. No. If they stopped the con artist during the party at the mansion. Yes. Congratulations on foiling the con artist and stopping them from stealing everyone's valuables during the party at the mansion. The grateful crowd was a bit confused at, per at first, but eventually figured it out and pitched in and gave you each 100 gold as a thank you. Ooh. Joining us today were Creek the Fleet. Goodbye, everyone. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Alex. Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you in the next adventure. And Pearl. Well, if that was my first adventure, I'm raring to go for more. Goodbye. 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 The following is a promotion for a podcast. Would you like to swap podcast promotions with us? Send us an email at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com and we'll swap promotions with you. This promotion is from the Apocalypse Postcast for Legends of Wasteland City. Here goes. Quote, Have you had the chance to check out Legends of Wasteland City? It's a post-apocalyptic audio drama anthology featuring tribes of survivors surrounding one of the last bastions of civilization known as Wasteland City. Join Schofield's drifters as they seek out the powerful touchstone device that will bring limitless energy and peace back to the wasteland, or learn the origin of the crazies of Rabbit Asylum as they take control of a secret government facility and shelter up for a feature-length epic as the Dukes of the Nuke fight off a band of raiders called the Bloodbacks in a very Mad Max-inspired adventure. All episodes feature a full cast of voices, sound effects, and music for a deeply immersive listening experience. Find Legends of Wasteland City wherever you find great podcasts.